Welcome to the CDRB Show, the podcast where you get to know some of the coolest people around. I'm your host, Christian Rodriguez, and each week I sit down with a special guest to chat about their life, career, and all the things that make them awesome. We cover some serious topics that matter, but don't worry, we keep it real and laid back. You never know what kind of insights and surprises you'll get, but one thing's for sure, we're always having a good time. So kick back, relax, and join us for another episode of the CDRB Show. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the CDRB Show. I'm Christian Rodriguez and as every week we have a special guest to talk about their life and career. This week's guest is Larry Ish, journalist and director of public and media relations at the University of the Ozarks. How are you? Doing well, Christian. Thank you for having me. I've, I've enjoyed listening to the show and learning a little bit more about uh, my colleagues and, and uh, the people I work with at the university. So it's been uh, enjoyable to get to learn a little bit more about them, and I'm honored to be a guest now. Yeah, of course, <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you being here uh, because... Um, when when we talked the first time, uh, it was like, hmm. Then I was thinking about the guests that I will bring to the show, and uh, I was thinking, uh, Mr. Ish uh, will be a, a very good uh, guest for this show. So, thank you for being here again. And um, well, it's a little bit unusual because <coughs> I'm usually the one asking the questions, <laughs> so I'm on the other side of the yeah. Uh, you're on the, the other uh, side. Uh, no? So uh, yeah, this will be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried, uh, concerned because I f I feel in kind of in the in the spot right now because I'm I'm doing your job now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing that we want to know about our guests every week is about like a little bit about your background. So the first question is, where were you born? So I was born in a little town called Warner Robins, Georgia. So my dad was in the Air Force, and uh, they have an Air Force base there. Okay. Uh, and uh, he was stationed there at Warner Robins Air Force Base in Georgia, and that's where I was born. And uh, we kind of moved around a lot, uh, as Air Force brats uh, usually do. And mm -hmm. uh, so we, we've lived in uh, short times in Texas and uh, Oklahoma and, and Alaska. Oh, wow. So several places uh, when I was growing up younger. How was it for you to deal with those things of having to move a, a lot of times? You get used to it. You know, I come from a large family, so um, I have uh, um, four sisters and two brothers. And uh, so we had a large family, so we always had each other to, to you know, kind of kind of hang out with. But it was an adjustment to move around schools a lot. Mm -hmm. So you're you have uh, how many brothers and sisters? so I have two older brothers and four younger sisters and the younger sisters are two sets of twins. Oh, okay. so it's kind of unusual. So we come from a large family. Yeah. So you had the chance to get together with them, or were you like very part away from? Uh, in terms of ages? My brothers were a little bit older, so I mainly grew up with four sisters. Mm -hmm. So my brothers were seven and eight years older. Yeah. Uh, and then my family had me, and then they wanted to try to have a girl, and they end up with four girls. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up with basically four sisters, and uh, and we're still close to this day. They, they, they all still live in Arkansas. So That's great. It's good that we live close by. Yeah. So um, you were moving a lot when you were a child. Uh, how was your your life when you were a child? Do you remember your childhood, or did you have any struggles, or how how was the way you were raised by your parents too? 
uh, I think, uh, you know, my, my, my father was an attorney. Uh, so um, after he got out of the Air Force, he went to law school and uh, became an attorney. And he was from Arkansas. So in junior high, we had moved back to Arkansas and he began practicing law. So mm -hmm. basically from junior high to, through high school, uh, I grew up in Arkansas. And, uh, you know, education was emphasized. So we, we all, you know, focused on, on education. I played a lot of sports in, in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, to me, it was a, a pretty typical middle-class uh, childhood growing up in a small town. Uh, we grew up in, uh, lived in Mountain View, Arkansas for a little while, and then, uh, and then Newport, Arkansas was where I graduated from high school. How was that dealing with friends, friendship? Because you were moving a lot, and did you have the chance to make like strong connections with friends right i think you know when you're when you're younger you're, you're more resilient to those type of things but by the time we had got to junior high um when you when you really start making lifelong friends yeah. uh, we were basically in one or two places so i you know i, I made a lot of friends and uh, people that i still uh call friends today and and uh that we still get together but but we were fortunate that By the time we were all in junior high, we had pretty much settled back in Arkansas. What did you study in college? So, you know, I was one of those that pretty much knew what I wanted to do when I was in the ninth, ninth, eighth and ninth grade, junior mm -hmm. high. I, um, I had grown up reading newspapers, just loving newspapers. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world to be able to wake up in the morning and know what was going on in the world by reading the morning newspapers. And my dad got two or three different newspapers every day. So, so by junior high, I knew I wanted to be a, a writer. You know, mm -hmm. then I wanted to be a sports writer. Uh, I loved to, to read about the sports um, going on. And, and so, you know, high school, I kind of geared myself toward that. And then, and then I went to college at University of Central Arkansas, majored in journalism. Uh, worked at the school newspaper, was the editor of the of the college newspaper, and so knew then um, uh, that journalism was basically the, uh, my career, communications mm -hmm. and journalism. Were you a good student when when you were in college? I was a, I was a, a, a an average student. You know, I I got some scholarships, but I also worked my way through college. I was a head cook at Shoney's Restaurant. Uh, there in Conway and then also worked uh, at some factories as, to put my way through school. And I, and that certainly affected my grades to some degree, mm -hmm. but uh, I always made, made, made good grades in, in the classes that I was really interested in, like, like yeah. a lot of students, you know, uh, English, um, history. I, I really enjoyed those subjects, science and math, not so much, you know, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> so I was a pretty good student, uh, I think we're on the same page <laughs> in that sense because I, I like more the reading-oriented classes. Uh, I, I like. I think the class I loved the most from the communications area was media writing because I learned a lot about how to make an, a lot of things there. But the science or math, I don't like them right. so that, much. Yeah, that side of my brain just doesn't uh, function as well as the other yeah. side. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, I often wonder how I would have done at a place like Ozarks where I would have been forced to take more of the yeah. science and, and uh, math courses uh, uh, through the lens curriculum, and I'm sure it would have helped. Uh, but I tried to stay away from those courses as much as possible <laughs> at, at UCA. Yeah. 
And then I went on after that uh, and got a master's degree at Arkansas State University, a master's in communications. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, actually, in a lot of ways, uh, the graduate degree was easier than the undergraduate degree because you were taking all classes in your in your discipline. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed those classes. Hmm. Uh, you also have a life out of your job. So I want to ask you this. Uh, what do you do in your spare time? Like, do you have any like side projects, activities or things that you enjoy doing? I still I still enjoy sports <coughs> a lot. So I play a lot of golf, play a lot of tennis. Uh, You know, I play tennis in college and uh, still play in tournaments around the state and play in several leagues. I drive to Fort Smith once a week during the spring and play uh, in a league there. So tennis, uh, my wife and I, we, we love to go hiking and, and, uh, and kayaking. We have kayaks and, and biking. So anything outdoors, uh, you know, we, we, live in a, we live in a wonderful part of the country yeah. here and and in the Ozark Mountains, and we try to take advantage of it uh, every chance we can. Yeah, I mean, here, the best thing that you can do is around nature, you know? Absolutely. It <laughs> seems like every time we go hiking, you know, an hour from our house up in the Ozark Mountains, we run into people. We meet people from Illinois and yeah. Iowa, and and they're all coming here. <laughs> and, you know, it makes you think a little bit more about appreciating what we have here uh, yeah. as far as, as nature. Do you imagine yourself in living in New York? What what are you <laughs> we what enjoy, activities? Right. We enjoy do? visiting. Of course we enjoy visiting <coughs> large cities. Chicago, San Francisco are a couple of our favorite large cities mm -hmm. and uh, we enjoy the food and the and the shows and that yeah. sort of thing. But we're always ready to get back to Arkansas. How is a normal weekend in your life like Tomorrow you get out of job at what 5 p.m. and then on Saturday, what is uh, what it looks like for for you? Usually, uh, this time of year, a lot of yard work, so mowing and 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 uh, working in the yard. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife always has projects for me to to, to do, and then, uh, but but I try to you know we try to go we try to go travel a little bit. Sometimes, like I said, go hiking or go yeah. up in, into the mountains or. Or uh, like to go up to Northwest Arkansas. We did that last weekend and okay. and um, went out to eat and and visited uh, different areas around Northwest Arkansas. So we like to to travel a little bit. Uh, All right. Um, you mentioned before that you studied journalism. So I want to know more about your experience as a journalist. How has it been for you to be a journalist? It's uh, it's it's. It's, it's been a, an interesting career, uh, journalism. I, I got into journalism, as I mentioned, uh, went to college in the late 80s, mm -hmm. early 90s. Um, I got on, actually my last year of undergraduate school, I got on full-time at the Arkansas Democrat newspaper, which was a statewide newspaper, and it was in the middle of a, a big newspaper war with the Arkansas Gazette. Mm -hmm. And it was an exciting time to be in journalism, a lot of things to cover. The papers were large and had a lot of of of, of space, you know, yeah. a lot of advertisers, and it was just uh, thriving at the time. Uh, I was there at the Democrat Gazette as a sports writer and got to cover a lot of, you know, big events, Super Bowls, World Series. Uh, got to cover uh, Davis Cup tennis, which I loved. Um, I covered the Dallas Cowboys when when a when a Arkansan by the name of Jerry Jones bought mm -hmm. the team. We began covering the Dallas Cowboys, and I had the opportunity 
to cover them. So being young and being a sports writer covering sports, that was a great time. Um, about 1994, I decided I wanted to go back to college and um, went to ASU, as I mentioned, got my master's degree, worked at the newspaper there in Jonesboro. But I could tell around that time that, uh, uh, you know, the Internet was really starting to blossom. Mm -hmm. uh, newspapers, at least the traditional way of newspapers, was kind of coming to an end. Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of get into something at a at a a college or university because I had always enjoyed when I was my undergraduate I worked in the uh, sports information office okay. and the communications office at that college and then at ASU I did the same thing so I I started thinking maybe I would like to get in a career of of a college uh, mm -hmm. public relations or media relations and and um, so I graduated uh, with my master's degree in 1997 and began looking for for colleges and university jobs and uh, found this one and and I got here in 1997 um, at the time I was basically a one-person shop I did uh, photography mm -hmm. I did graphic design I did marketing I did sports information Wow <laughs> uh, I did public relations I did media relations we did all the all the brochures and mm. it was just me wow. uh, and, How was that? Uh, and that was a little bit overwhelming uh, <laughs> I think there were several days I was ready to, you know, <laughs> uh, call it uh, call it quits. But uh, I stuck with it, and we were fortunate enough during the late '90s and early 2000s <laughs> to have some really successful uh, capital campaigns where we raised a lot of money, mm -hmm. were able to enhance the college in a lot of ways, and we were able to start adding staff, like a photographer. We hired Vinny Tran, who's still our mm -hmm. photographer to wow. this day, and we were hired. Um, some graphic artists and we hired people who could just handle marketing and Josh Peppis was hired during that for, time for sports information mm -hmm. so uh, in the late 90s early 2000s I think we were really able to to step up our resources and I think that really helped improve the college overall. Yeah. So you you had the whole responsibility for all the areas basically of the university. Right like I said you know obviously you can't do every area Yeah. justice like uh, like you should be able to, you know, yeah. um, recruiting students uh, or helping with fundraising. Um, you know, that was that was a lot. And uh, we were really fortunate to be able to have a have a campaign uh, that uh, that helped shore up a lot of areas. And it wasn't just in communications and marketing. It was yeah. areas we were able to add professors and and staff people in a lot of areas. IT, I know, was one area. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was really um, uh, a big step up for the university during that time. Yeah. You know, uh, regarding the journalism profession, I wanted to ask you this because in several countries, being a journalist is a risky profession. And uh, not very far from here, my own country, Honduras, is really risky for journalists to deliver the information to the public sometimes because what the journalists deliver sometimes is not of the interest of the governments or private companies or any other specific group so i wanted to ask you how is it like here in the u.s for you personally or if you have had any like weird experience with that or a friend maybe a colleague 
I, you know, I think we're fortunate in the U.S. Um, up until a few years ago, I think journalis- journalism was considered a, a very noble position, mm-hmm. a noble job, and um, uh, a big part of, of, uh, uh, of democracy here in the mm-hmm. United States, you know. Um, we're fortunate that, that there's not a lot of violence like there are in other countries, and I, I have the utmost respect for journalists who, you know, who do their job in countries where there's a lot of risk. I can't pretend to even understand what that's been like in my career because, uh, you know, I've covered a lot of contentious meetings and and meetings with uh, our our situations where where they may seem stressful, but I've never Mm -hmm. felt, um, you know, in harm's way where I know journalists in in many countries (laughs) – you know they're they're always having to look over their shoulder because as you said uh what you when you report something it's not always popular yeah and uh, <laughs> uh with with some very powerful entities out there so you know i i think in this country uh and it and it's and it's sad but in this country in the last few years i think reporting and journalism has has gotten a bad rap um and uh, sometimes it's it's it, the internet and all social media and all these has made it a little more difficult to discern what is actual reporting and mm-hmm. what's just opinion, yeah. you know. And I still think there's a place, maybe more important than ever, there's a there's a place that uh, for trained, educated journalists. Who mm-hmm. who want to get to the truth, whether it, you know whether it's good or bad? Yeah, and um, I think uh, we're starting to see that, and and I think at the end, uh, people people can discern good journalism. Yeah, you know, and what's sloppy journalism or what's opinion pieces, mm-hmm. and uh, and at the end of the day, that wins out. Do you think the internet has challenged the way that journalism is made because when the internet was not a thing uh, only people with a microphone or in a radio station or in a newspaper or in a TV station could give their opinion but nowadays anyone can speak right. I and think I think there's good and bad obviously yeah. you know it's obviously given people uh, more uh, more people voices you know to be heard that can be dangerous uh, mm-hmm. that can be a good thing you know Um, I think we're still in a period where we have to, as a country and as a society and even as a world, we have to start figuring these these things out because, you know, you give everybody a microphone or everybody uh, uh, access to, to large masses. Yeah. Um, there's potential for danger, uh, yeah. but there's also potential for good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think, I think we have to still kind of figure out how that, what that looks like in the future. Yeah. Uh, but but certainly there's been some good, you know, th- to to hear different voices and and different opinions. Uh, that's good. That's good. But when you start knowingly uh, send out false information, yeah, uh, that became becomes that a problem. Becomes a problem, and yeah. I think we we're seeing that, and and it's it, uh, we're still trying to I think it, like I said as a world trying to figure this this all out. Do you, you have, like, anything you think it could help make news more, like, 
true and less fake? Well, I think, you know, unfortunately during this whole time we've seen the demise of journalism programs around the country and around the world. You know, mm -hmm. good journalism programs where students can go and 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 learn to be as objective as possible and to learn yeah. learn to 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 get rid of the biases and to really report the truth. So I think what we're going to have to do is just get back to to, to having strong journalism programs and and I think when you have that I think the cream rises to the top I think people who are good and people that others know that they can trust for telling the truth uh, will rise to the top yeah uh, hopefully hopefully that's and so you know I think it comes back to good training good background education Uh, I have heard many times that we right now are living in uh, the era of clickbait. You know what clickbait right, is, right? Right, So a lot of people and journalism uh, uh, nowadays just try to catch the attention of the user so that they can have the visits on their website or wherever and keep making money. What do you think about those types? Well, of I think colleges need to, to do a good job of helping students, you know, get through all the the muddle and all the 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 gray area to get to the truth yeah. and so it comes down to an individual you know has to be able to do the research on their own and and be able to know what's what's legit and what isn't and yeah. that and that it that all comes down to education you know i think The more educated you are, hopefully, the more open-minded you are, and the more um, um, you're able to kind of discern what's what's real and what's yeah. not. And and uh, that's what it that's to me what it comes down to. The, the, the more people we can get educated with with high school and in college degrees, mm -hmm. or, um, or at least that kind of training and background, the more that they're going to be able to tell if something is accurate or the information right. is worth it Be yeah i i think the same because in countries like mine in honduras i think that's one of the biggest issues the lack of uh, education resources for the population and that's in part because i i can't believe that the government in honduras for example spends a lot of money in military and police and enforcement in, and all that If we we're not in war, <laughs> we're not in war with any other country, and I, I don't think we will be ever. <laughs> and um, the government has the resources to spend more money in education, in healthcare, but they don't do it. And part of that, in my opinion, is that they want to keep the people uh, without education because that way is easier to. Um, maybe influence them and have them in the thoughts that the government wants them to to be. So yeah, that's a good point, and 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 a lot of it comes down to access to like uh, the internet. You know, mm -hmm. what what do your rural people do? They have access to internet to be able to to go and find information and yeah. to look at different uh, different opinions and and kind of work on figuring out what they believe based on based on what uh, what they can find out so access to the internet is a huge huge deal in in 
in being able to maybe solve some of these issues. Yeah, and, and you know, it's weird because I have seen that same behavior here in the U.S. of people that just keeps just reads a title in the news uh, on a website or whatever, and they, for them, they know the what happened just because they read that. And education here in the U.S. is more widespread that than in many other countries. So that makes me wonder what <laughs> what else can be happening there with the people. Right, right. And it's also, you know, not not only, you know, being able to get access to media, but, but you know, looking at a lot of different media, you know, mm -hmm. not just one source, but looking at two or three different sources on the yeah. same topic and getting different perspectives. Yeah. And, you know, if you only get one perspective, uh, a lot of times that's going to be your, you know, your perspective, yeah. too, without understanding that there's a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different angles and a lot of different um, special interests even behind the scenes, you yeah. know, whether that's CNN or Fox. It, you know, everybody's going to have an agenda. Yeah, I was going uh, to talk <laughs> about that because I think that's common in every country that there are some media, mass media like TV station or radio that are more towards a particular interest. And here in the U.S., the biggest are CNN and Fox. So if you hear from CNN, you'll hear one thing. And from Fox, you'll hear the totally opposite, probably. So that's another thing to have in mind, right? Right. And the truth is, like they say, usually somewhere in the middle. So, yeah. you know, I just think it's important for, for, for you know, students and, and just citizens and, and, and people to, to try to get as many... Uh, different uh sources as possible yeah when you're when you're looking at news and i try to do that i still read four or five different newspapers and listen to three or four different uh, uh television mm -hmm. news stations and and uh, you and don't have like a, a preferred um uh, tv or media outlet no no i i i uh, there's some that i think do a better job of of Of, you know right down the middle than others yeah. uh, but I think it's important to kind of see what everybody's saying and and that helps you it should help you maybe understand what's going on a little bit better yeah all right let's talk a little bit about your actual job here uh, which is the director of media and public relations right right um, so You told me that after you studied your master's, you were looking for jobs and you found this job here. Did you find like uh, like uh, other options or this was just the one you had? I actually had several options at the time getting out of graduate school, mm -hmm. uh, several in different states. Uh, Missouri, Colorado were a couple that come to mind that I had offers. Uh, but at the time, my dad was a, lo a little bit ill um, mm -hmm. and I wanted to stay in Arkansas. Uh, close by, yeah. and uh, and I always liked Arkansas. I never really just wanted to leave, so yeah. uh, uh, came up and interviewed for the position and was offered it uh, a few days later. And uh, I remember driving up here and uh, thinking, you know, I might spend a few years here at University of the Ozarks and then maybe go on to a bigger school. Yeah. And uh, I've certainly had had some opportunities, but. I, I just enjoy this area. I enjoy the university uh, and what it stands for. And and uh, you know when you when you get to know the the faculty members and when you get to know a little bit about the history of this university, yeah. that's really done a lot of 
of impactful things. Um, and, uh, and you see the energy of the students. Uh, that, that's always, um, I've always enjoyed that. And um, never, never really felt like I needed to leave. Yeah. How many years have you been working here at the So I started in 1997, so I'm, I'm finishing up my 26th year. Wow, <laughs> that's a <laughs> lot. And you started like a one-man... Uh, yeah, one-person one uh, yeah. office yeah. for sure. And now now there's probably seven or eight uh, people now who are doing jobs that I once did when I when I got here in 97 and will you want to do one of those jobs that you previously <laughs> did like uh, one day or another do you, you know think? I, I always enjoyed sports information I mm -hmm. always en enjoyed being around sports and to this day I still help Josh Pepis our sports information mm -hmm. um, director uh, with covering sports uh, so you know I've always thought maybe when I retire I might want to help out of college yeah uh, maybe Ozarks, uh, doing that part-time. Mm -hmm. uh, what What are some of the key responsibilities of your role right now, and how does a typical uh, day in your office look like? So as director of public relations and media relations, uh, you know, I deal uh, if, if things come up with the public, uh, if, if, if we're uh, collaborating, for instance, we're working on the, the new restaurant downtown, and um, so I would... I would help in some of those areas. Um, I worked, uh, I was on the Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors and served as president. Mm. Um, and so I worked closely with the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Um, and um, I worked closely with our alumni office and in our fundraising office. I do a lot of uh, writing of the fundraising pieces. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of the features on alumni uh articles for both our website and social media channels um if if a um if we have something big going on you know i work with the television stations in the area to get them on campus same with newspapers okay um so we uh just a few weeks ago we had uh channel five on campus and so i showed them around and and help them uh, with their, some of their interviews. Mm -hmm. They wanted to interview some students and faculty. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's part of the media relations part of it. I still uh, do a lot of photography, mm -hmm. uh, help Vinny out with photography, uh, do some graphic design, but uh, mine, mine are pretty basic compared to Vinny and Phyllis. They, they do a, a great job with that. And then Amy Lloyd, our vice president, and Carly, our creative director, handle most of the marketing now for like recruiting mm -hmm. uh, so I don't have to do as much in those areas but I still do things like uh, the alumni magazine I will put that together mm, every yeah. year uh, the annual report uh, Walton reports uh, things like things like that uh, the the physical reports I will You're help, the one charge. Uh, yeah bring uh, pull the information together okay. do the photographs um, Uh, do a lot of the writing for those mm -hmm. type programs. Um, so, so um, you know, do do the student feature articles that that people may see online. Yeah. Uh, I interview the students and and write their stories. That that helps in in a number of ways. You know, it it not only helps spotlight our students, yeah. but it helps us when we recruit other students. You know, I just wrote an article about three of our students who are in law school. 
and one's in Los Angeles, one's mm-hmm. in um, a Baylor, mm-hmm. and one's at University of Arkansas. They're all being very successful. Yeah. Uh, the one out in Los Angeles just got offered like five jobs, and she hasn't even graduated yet. So that wow. tells you. So to be able to tell those stories about our graduates, I think helps helps recruit other graduates. Yeah. You know, if I'm a if I'm a 16 year old at home wanting to be a lawyer and I hear those stories, that may make me think, hmm, maybe Ozarks is a good place to go. Yeah. Uh, and it also helps in fundraising. When, when, when we raise money for scholarships, we can say, hey, your money is going, and, and, and here's where it's going. These students are being very successful because they got scholarships at Ozarks, mm-hmm. got a great education, and were able to move on. So that's probably what I enjoy the most about my job is just being able to tell those stories. At the end of the day, I feel like what I am is a storyteller. Yeah. And, and to be able to share those stories of our students, of our faculty and staff, of our programs, uh, you know, that's to me very satisfying and, and, and um, very enjoyable because I get to know the, the, the people that, whose stories I share. Yeah. But I also know I'm making an impact uh, maybe for future generations. You have um, 27 years of experience working here at, at the University of the Ozarks. And during that time, back in 1997, uh, I don't I can't imagine how the internet was by that time so the world of media and public relations is evolving constantly right so how have you seen that evolution since you came here Well I'll, I'll, there's actually a, a kind of an interesting story to that so when I got here in 97 the university did not even have a website Okay So I got with a Walt, he was a Walton scholar at the time from Nicaragua mm-hmm. named Otto Mahea and Otto was Uh, a very good photographer and he also was very skilled uh, uh, technical skills mm-hmm. and understood the, uh, the the website and the internet maybe a lot better than a lot of us did mm-hmm. and so he and I got together and, and made a proposal to the administration at the time to create uh, really the first website so oh, wow. we created he did a lot of the photography he was really a, a good photographer and then helped pull it together from mm-hmm. from the back back end and I did a lot of the writing and um, we created the, the first website wow. uh, and it wasn't real you know it maybe was only a couple dozen pages mm-hmm. but at least people could go on and find information about the university um, and now we see it today we've got you know literally thousands of pages on our website yeah. with all sorts of information and videos and and all sorts of things it's just so much easier You know, I can send out a news story, and, and in an hour, you know, a yeah. lot of people will be have have seen it. Yeah. Uh, back then, I had to, you know, send it to the newspapers and and then wait. You know, if it was a local newspaper, I had to wait a week before it even came out. Yeah. And anybody could see it. So, it in a lot of ways, it's made our job easier. But a lot of ways, you know, it's more competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, photography we used to have to take our film up to the photoshop and get it developed and that would take three or four days before you could even get your photographs yeah. back and now obviously it's it's instant yeah, you know we can instant. we can take photos and put them and and put them on the the websites and it, and in social media almost uh instantaneously so yeah. that th- those type of things have certainly made it a lot easier to get information out 
uh, but that there's a lot more clutter out there too yeah. that people have to get through. So being being able to do things like analytics and, and being able to target your audience, mm-hmm. uh, even in social media and emails and that sort of thing has been helpful. Uh, I was really curious one time uh, to see how the university website looked throughout the years. And I found it on the web uh, archive, uh, something like that, database. And it led me back until like the 98, 99, something like that. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that. I could look the 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 website and it's totally different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I have not seen that in a long time. And I would probably not want to see that because <laughs> it would... Uh, It, it might be a little bit embarrassing, but uh, yeah, we started, like I said, that that was the start of the website. And uh, yeah. it, it at the time, it seemed like we were pretty cutting edge. Uh, but even then, we were probably a little bit behind the times. But uh, at least we were able to kind of get the university, you know, back, back uh, or get it on the website and, and, and give it uh, at least a place where people could go and find some basic information yeah but yeah i look at it now and uh, i look at what we can do now with uh, videos and and being able to you know have aerial shots of the campus and that sort yeah. of thing you know um it's 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 a little bit mind-boggling how far we've come yeah so are you also the person in charge of the social media for the university Well, I did. I was at one time uh, now Carly and uh, we have students that also who work a lot of that. You know, I, I do a lot of the Facebook mm-hmm. stuff, um, but Instagram and Twitter and, and those sorts of things are handled by Carly okay. in our office. And I know she has students who help her out. Yeah. Um, because the last thing you want me on on Twitter, you know, <laughs> tweeting things that 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 <laughs> might be relevant to to 16 or 17 year olds so yeah. you know that that probably wouldn't be a good fit but mm-hmm. you know our current uh, our current students do a good job of of helping keep those type social media platforms you know relevant and uh and uh, interesting for, yeah. our, for our prospective students and also when you write an article nowadays um do you actually write it on code or do you send it to another person so they can upload it to the website how does that work Yeah, I, I uh, you know, with WordPress these days, it's pretty simple. It's yeah. basically cut and cut and paste. So, um, so I, I can, I can write a story and post it uh, directly immediately, right? Uh, like in a visual editor instead of code, something right, like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we they they have it set up pretty easy where we we can pretty much cut and paste a, uh, the article and a photo onto our website and then link it to social media outlets. Yeah. What advice will you give to someone who is interested in pursuing a career maybe in media or in public relations and what skills do you think are the most important for to be su- to be successful in the field? I think I think this day and age you just have to be uh, as well-rounded as possible. You know, I think you have to have some experience and and skills in a number of areas i think photography i think you've got to know a little bit of graphic design yeah i think you, you still have to be a strong writer you know a lot of people think they go into marketing or pr and it's just going to events and <laughs> and putting on events and that sort of thing but 
it, it still is a lot of writing. So yeah. I think you have to be a, a strong writer and be interested in writing. I uh, think you have to um, develop some of those uh, computer skills, you know, graphic design, yeah. uh, being able to edit video, be, being able to at least do a little bit of video, yeah. you know, editing, recording, um, podcasting, that those sorts of things. All these things now play in to communications. And a lot of these companies that are hiring, they want somebody who's who's at least uh, somewhat uh, knowledgeable in all these different areas. Yeah. Because, for instance, um, I had no video background, but I I uh, got Susan Edens uh, helped helped us a lot as yeah. a department in understanding what we needed in video and and understanding the jargon. And where even if we're out, if we're hiring for those things, if we're using an outside vendor to come in and shoot video, at least we know, you know, the right questions to ask and, yeah. and the right things to look for and and uh, the right things to ask for. Yeah. So I think as is, is knowledgeable as possible in all these different areas, you know, um, writing is still very important. Uh, and that was my background, but, you know, video, videography and and um, no one understanding radio. Yeah. Uh, Have you had uh, radio experience? No, not no, not not a lot of technical radio experience. But mm-hmm. uh, for instance, uh, one thing we do to help promote the university is that we have a weekly radio show with um, River Valley Radio, and you mm-hmm. were on the show. Yeah. Uh, one one week uh, to talk about your award that that the show won, but mm-hmm. but every week uh, either myself or somebody from the university goes on the radio and does about a, a five to ten minute interview to kind of tell what's going on. Yeah. So so even though I don't have that 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 experience, I kind of know what I need to know yeah. uh, for the radio, and uh, and and it's it comes in handy. So I I think. If somebody's interested in a career in communications, I think it's important to to just get as much experience as you can. Try to write for a magazine or a newspaper because yeah. uh, they'll always accept well-written articles and get the, your portfolio built up. Mm-hmm. Get some experience in RTV. You know, get some experience in still photography because yeah. uh, all these things uh, it's just going to make you more marketable if you have some experience in all of them. And same with you know, a lot of what we do is is just pure marketing. So yeah. business classes and marketing would also be helpful. Yeah, that's true. I I was curious. You you mentioned that you have interest in photography. Do you have your own camera? Yes, I do. What what type of camera? It's, it's an Icon D seven fifty. Yes, and and I have several lenses. And uh, you know, it's 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 interesting that uh, I take so many pictures at at work hmm. that I don't really like to take take them outside, outside work, work you know but but i do uh, as i mentioned i do like to travel and my wife and i like to hike and we go we go like to the grand canyon or glacier national park and i'm always taking my camera with me and yeah. and setting it up and and shooting landscapes and that sort of thing which is my my favorite uh, mm-hmm. thing to do but uh so i hope maybe one day when i retire that maybe photography might become a uh, a more strong uh, right, hobby, a, a stronger like that. interest, right? Yeah. That I can spend more time on. Yeah. So, so you are more 
Team Nikon than Team Canon. <laughs> I am Team Nikon, <laughs> and uh, you know it goes all the way back to to the student I was talking about, Otto Mejia. Um, he was all Nikon, so at the time we just started buying Nikon equipment okay. for the university, and got Nikon lenses and things. And yeah, and once you get once you go down that road and you have all these lenses and they come out with new cameras, you use, you typically stick to to Nikon. Yeah. So. Uh, but I know um, Vinny, for instance, she's been talking to us maybe about switching to Canon now. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> or Sony, because Sony's come out with some really yeah. good cameras. So we've we've had those discussions. Yeah. But uh, but we've always used Nikon. Also, um, have you heard about ChatGPT already? No. It's uh, an AI, artificial intelligence. Uh It has been all around the news and all around the... Yesterday, we just had a, a, a talk with uh, a lot of professors here, and it was interesting because they were debating how how that will ch modify or change the behaviors we have or how the university and the professor will have to deal with that, with academic integrity and all that. And uh, ChatGPT is all about writing and part of this type of jobs like uh public relations all this is all about writing too um besides other important areas but do you think maybe these jobs are at risk in the future you know uh it's funny because susan and i were just uh talking about this this morning because um you mentioned ai we had a um, a former um Uh, an alum, a, a 2012 graduate mm -hmm. uh, by the name of Taylor Jacks, who was here, and he he works in marketing and and um, and uh, content creation for a company in Little Rock, mm -hmm. and he was talking about AI, and and about uh, you know the the future of some of these jobs, and you know I th and I've talked to some of my journalism friends about about that. Mm -hmm. And Susan brought up a good point. Um, you know, she said, uh, take from a journalist standpoint, there's always there's always busy work that you have to do, you yeah. know, small articles that are basically just cranking out information. Yeah. You know, and what if AI took over some of these uh, smaller jobs that take up a lot of time and allowed reporters to focus on, on bigger stories, more yeah. in-depth investigative pieces? You know, maybe that would be a good thing, and uh, so I think there's some benefits to it. But sure, sure, I think as a writer or any kind of creative person, uh, has to be a little worried about what the future of AI means. You know, and yeah. at this point, AI is still only as good as is the information that you put into it. You know, yeah. And but how are we going to have unique, different? pieces if if ai is creating everything yeah uh so yeah i i think the future is going to be interesting uh i've i've heard a lot of things that says you know the future of of reporting and journalism and and even um like as you said marketing public relations yeah might all be ai driven one day yeah and so what does that look like i and what does that mean for for the the people behind yeah. it so and and you know it, it's interesting because i have heard a lot of in a lot of articles and videos uh, about this topic that 
no one ever imagined that this type of artificial intelligence with these capabilities like ChatGPT has will come this year, for example. Uh, we, uh, we always imagine something like this in 10 or 15 years, but it's coming now. And that's making me a little bit nervous too, because <laughs> I'm just starting to, to be in my steps toward my career. So. Well, I just think there's always going to be, I, I just think there's going to be a limit to, to, to what, you know, what it can bring yeah. from a unique perspective. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I still think, uh, you know, every, every one of us are different, you know, yeah. and we, and we think differently and we process differently and, yeah. and, you know, even the input that you, you, you the input that you you provide in AI, uh, you know that's got that's going to be different. So yeah. the output's going to be different. So I don't know. I don't know if that if that would be able to give you a byline if you had an AI, if if you and an AI wrote something or produced something. I don't know how that looks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's weird because I I have a, I have tried and I have seen videos of people even writing books with it. So it's kind of scary because it's like well they say it's it's unique it's like never written before and all that every time you ask something to to the artificial intelligence so it's kind of scary and uh yesterday in the talk we had um they showed us a lot of books that were written fully or in part for by by chat gpt so and could you tell it could you tell a difference or could you there are some patterns that artificial in intelligence follows because it it always start like with certain type of phrases or something like that so i i have tried sometimes so i i know it, this was part of chat gpt you know right so yeah but it's scary how how fast it has become a reality you know right. <laughs> talking about artificial intelligence and all that so um we're in the final part of the interview and the last part is kind of a dynamic that i want to do with every guest and uh it's basically short phrase or one word questions um so we'll, we'll start and the first question is favorite color i've always uh liked green green what is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Uh, take my dog outside. Religion? Baptist. What is your favorite time of the year? Fall. 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 I just enjoy the the changing of the seasons. Usually it's been a long, hot summer. Yeah. Uh, I, I like football, so fall's... Uh, changing of the the leaves and footballs in the in the air and it's just a hopefully a cooler cooler time yeah what makes you angry oh what makes <laughs> me angry that's a good one uh people people parking in handicapped places <laughs> that, that, that don't that don't deserve it. yeah <laughs> that makes me angry. yeah that's that's very <laughs> upsetting <laughs> Um, how will you describe your personality? I would say I'm I'm kind of quiet and analytical. Mm -hmm. uh, what will you buy if you received a gift of one million dollars? 
million dollars. <laughs> oh. Wow. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yes. Yes. The first thing I would probably purchase would be hmm. I think this is a tough one. This, this question is, this, always this is, is always a tough <laughs> one. <laughs> probably a new set of golf clubs. A what? A new set of golf clubs. Okay. You know? I've had the same one for 20 years, so I'll, okay. I'd probably splurge on some golf clubs. Hmm. Uh, morning person or afternoon person? Uh, morning. Morning. Favorite mu music genre? Uh, 70s rock and, and, and our country. Favorite artist? Favorite artist? Uh, the Eagles. The Eagles. Um, a job you dreamed to have when you were a child? You know, I wanted to be a sports writer. Sports writer. Well, you 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 <laughs> yes. ended up doing it. That's great. Um, TV shows or movies? Probably movies. Movies. What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie. Uh, favorite sports movie is probably The Hoosiers. Um, I like all the Rocky movies. Hmm. Yeah. Star Trek, like sci-fi movies. Have you watched Star Wars? Yes. Do Star like Wars, them? yep, like Star Wars. Yeah. Well, not maybe not not the ones that Disney <laughs> is making right now, right? Right, but yeah, yeah. It's certainly old school. Old yeah. Old school Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, cats or dogs? Dogs. Dogs. Do you have a pet? Yes, have a dog. Uh, little... Um, uh, puppy named Gatsby. How old is? Uh, six months. Six months. Oh. Yes. Yeah, we <laughs> really? just got him, so yeah. he's still chewing on a lot of things, and and we haven't quite got him potty trained, so that's yeah. been a, a little bit of an endeavor. Yeah. And finally, um, I always give uh, the opportunity to the guests to ask me any question, <laughs> so you can ask me anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. What has been your most impactful class at Ozarks and why? Ooh. That's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I mentioned you the media writing class. Mm -hmm. I think that class helped me in a lot of ways to in my way of thinking when I, for example, I have also a YouTube channel uh, and like the way I write the title of the video and all that, it has taught me a lot of things of um, copywriting and all that. So I think that class is the one that has had more impact in me be just because I always keep using the knowledge that I've been learning from that, that class and I still have the book that we use in that class and I come around that book and always try to refresh the the, the things that I, I learned there. So that class for, for one part, uh, media production too, I think uh, it, it, ha it has helped me to be more involved in the media world uh, because uh, we work a lot in the TV uh, station there in the in Walker Hall 
So yeah, I think mostly from from communication. All my because so. What's your favorite class uh, outside your major or minors? Um, well, I think this is kind of cheating uh, a little bit because in theory, digital photography is not part <laughs> of any. It's art. Uh. It's from the art uh, area of, of the. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't say that. I think it's too easy. Um, what what are the other class? Um, well, I, I'm taking this is from my minor, but I I, I think it's not related with all the other things I, I I am learning from the majors. Is the class with Dr. Clary the Hispanics in the U.S. Um, and that's really interesting and. I, being uh, from Honduras, I didn't know a lot of the things that have happened in the past and how the United States has influenced uh, not only Honduras, but the whole Latin American area uh, and how, how that has affected both Latin America and the U.S. in the way of uh, people immigrating to the U.S. and how the U.S. is dealing with a large amount of Latino people living in the U.S. So I think that's probably at least in the top three of my classes here at Ozark because it has opened me the, the eyes in a lot of ways. Okay, yeah. very good. Now I have now I have a non-Ozarks question okay. for you. So what what food do you look most forward to eating when you get back to Honduras <laughs> and what food will you miss the most from the U.S.? Ooh. Um, I think well from Honduras uh, all the food is delicious the uh, baleadas I don't know if you have heard from the, that dish yes. is, is delicious uh, my mom prepares like a typical dish called, uh, it's be refried beans, um, eggs, uh, plantain, all that. I, I, I'm missing that a lot. So, um, and from here, you know, it's not very common to eat bacon in Honduras. <laughs> so probably. So you will miss bacon. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think I will miss bacon a lot <laughs> because good. the other foods are like not really hard to preparing at home as well um, but bacon is is expensive in Honduras yeah. actually <laughs> so very good well uh, we've always had host uh, kids from, oh, really? from Central America and, and, and Walton Scholars yeah. and, and we always ha like to ask them that <laughs> and uh, it's always interesting to, yeah. to hear their, their answers yeah I have enjoyed the interview today with, with you um, any final words that you would like to no, I just uh, appreciate you doing this show. I think it's uh, uh, a unique thing for the university uh, to learn a little bit more about about uh, the people here and uh, just keep up the great work and uh, good luck in the future. All right. Thank you. And thank you, everyone who listened to the CDRB show. I'm Christian Rodriguez, and you can follow us on Instagram at CDRB Productions. I'll see you next time.